you are worthy. We, your people, will come before you to say, Lord, you are worthy. You are the Lord God Almighty. You are the Lamb that was slain before the foundations of the earth. You are the Lamb who slain brought us victory, power, honor, wealth, glory. Lord, be praised today, O God. Lord, be praised, O God. Lord, be praised, O God. Somebody lift up a song to him at this time. Lift up a song of worship to him at this time. Lift up your own song of worship. Your own song of worship to the Lord. Your own song of worship to the Lord. Your own song, your own song of worship. Express yourself to him. Express yourself to him.
just appreciate him for the wonderful things he has done for us. Let's give him praise this evening. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Lord, we have come to give you thanks. We have come to give you thanks. Lord, we are the people you saved. We are the people you healed. We have come to say thank you. Lord, thank you. Lord, thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Father, thank you, Lord. Being thrown in the midst of your people here today, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Joseph. So before we sit, let's bring out our Bibles and take our formation this evening quickly. Our Bible affirmation, please. Lift up your Bible and say with me, this is my Bible. It is God's inner and unchanging world. It is my most valuable and earthly possession. A lamb unto my feet and a light unto my path. I hide his words in my heart that I might not sin against God. The Bible is God talking to me personally. I therefore listen to it carefully and do it fully. And I internalize it in my life by doing these four things. Know it in my head by diligent study. Store it in my heart by memorization and meditation. Show it in my life by doing his teachings. And sow it in my world by being a witness. Hereafter, I'll never be the same. Never, never, never. In the name of Jesus, for his honor and glory, both now and forevermore. Amen. Please, you may warmly be seated and help me welcome your brother, sister to church this evening for this communion service. Amen. You're welcome in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. This evening, I'm led to speak on something about hunger for God. Why do we talk about hunger for God? Or why should we talk about hunger for God? That is what I am led to share with us before the communion service. Before the communion uh, program itself. Amen. Open your Bibles with me to Isaiah 64 verse 7. From two translations of the scriptures the Passion Translation, and the Amplified Classic. This was the prophet lamenting. He said this, No one calls on your name or presses in to lay hold on you. For you have hidden your face from us. You have let us be ruined by our own sins. The people were in a state of lethargy. They were too fed around and they felt that they no longer need God. They were forgetting the knowledge of the God of Israel and the painful things that most of them were really no longer interested in God. And the prophet was lamenting there, truly in our land now, nobody steers himself to seek the Lord. Steer yourself by the word of God. Steer yourself by spiritual investments. Steer yourself in a place of prayer, in a place of fasting, saying, look, 
Today, I'm not going anywhere. I'm not running through anything. I am going to seek God today. He said, the desire for that had disappeared in Israel at that time. Nobody was interested. Let's see how the Amplified Bible puts it. The Amplified Classic. He says, and no one calls on your name or awakens or bestirs himself to take and keep hold on you. You know, at times, God can be scarce. But unfortunately, even at this time when God was scarce in their lives, nobody bothered to look for God. He says, you have hidden your face from us and have delivered us into the consuming power of our iniquities. Why? Because the people have become lethargic to the interest or the knowledge of the God of Israel. And beloved of God, don't think it is only in those days that such things happen. Even among us here today, there are people who are just in church just to keep the records. But that fire, that steer, that desire in them for God is no longer there. It has now become a religious duty. Even the quiet time it has become an obligation instead of a pleasure. Instead of a time to learn as a result of that, nothing extra, nothing required. I can't imagine how some people can truly go for a week or two. No time set aside to seek God. It simply means that something is happening to that life and it is dropping. May your fire be rekindled today as we come before the Lord at this communion table in the name of Jesus. So what are some of the reasons as pastor as you talk about hunger for God? One, to avoid our becoming lukewarm. Because in church, oftentimes we've come to see that what is talked about, what is amplified, what is emphasized, you begin to see manifesting in the congregation. And what you are silent about will gradually begin to die and die out of the memory of the people. A lot of us have heard of carbon monoxide. Carbon monoxide is called a slow poison. For example, carbon monoxide from ex exhaust of car, exhaust of generators, and so on. That is why when you are putting on your generator, for example, they tell you put it in a place where air is blowing. Don't put it in an enclosed place. Because people that put on generator in an enclosed place, after a period of one, two hours, they will slip off and they will die. Why? Because the exhaust, the fume from the generator is just blowing carbon monoxide. Carbon monoxide will not make noise. It's not painful. But every second you breathe in, it's taking life out of the person. A time comes, the person becomes unconscious, becomes dead to the environment. If it can be reached in time, it may be resuscitated with adequate knowledge and medical health. But if it's not reached in time, from there, it will cross over to eternity. Sweet death, painless death, quiet death, and that is what some of us are facing in our Christian work today. When last did you stick yourself and say, today, I must read my Bible. I must read five chapters. I must read ten chapters. I must pray from 8 in the morning to 9 o'clock. A lot of us have forgotten that act. I said, we talk about hunger for God to avoid lukewarmness. I said here, if we are not constantly reminded and taught about spiritual hunger, what befell the church in Laodicea can easily happen to our life, to us today. And the problem was lukewarmness 
And Jesus, when he appeared to his servant, Apostle John, he said, you people in Laodicea, the Laodicea church, you are neither hot or cold. And if you don't change, I will throw you out of my mouth because you are not useful to the body, neither are you useful to God's purpose for God in your life. I said, when a Christian gets to the point of lukewarmness, he has lost his saltiness, he has lost his savour. What is left is for him to be thrown back and be burnt off. But beloved of God, God is bringing this steering today. God is bringing this reminder today because he does not want us to get to that position like the Laodicean church. And I'll read about what the Lord said about them. You just walk around with a bloated opinion of yourself. Always telling stories in those days. In those days when we used to pray. In those days when we read to read, use the, read the Bible. Even now, self, the scriptures you knew so well, you no longer know about them simply because they are no longer familiar things to you. You are gradually losing your fire. You are gradually losing your touch with the work with God. May God stir up something in your heart today at this communion table to wake up anyone that is lukewarm, anyone that is moribund, anyone that is wondering, why am I even a Christian today? Oftentimes, they get there at the point of lukewarmness. And at that time, they will begin to see all kinds of options that the devil is putting for them. But the most wicked thing or deadly thing about lukewarmness is the fact that you get to a point in which you have an opinion of supposed security, an opinion of supposed maturity. Meanwhile, you have lost your fire a long time ago. Revelation chapter 3, verse 14 to 20. He said, unto the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, This thing said the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. Verse 15, we're reading to 20. He says, I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would rather that you are cold or that you are hot. At times, he even prefers you to be cold so that you can easily know that, look, I am in a moribund state than for you to be neither nor. You are just lukewarm, thinking that you are still there, but you are no longer there. Verse 16, he says, so then, because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will do what? I will spew you out of my mouth. Judgment. Verse 17. Because you are saying, anybody that is in this situation of lukewarmness always have an inflated image, a bloated image of himself. Thinking that he's there. Thinking that he belongs. Once in a while, he might use the cliche of Zion or sing the songs of Zion, but his heart is far from Zion. He says, because you say, I am rich. I am increasing goods. God is blessing me. So what else? I prayed the other day for this person. He got healed. So what else? But your heart is far from God. He says, and I have need of nothing. Knowest not thou that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. Look at the adjectives the master used in describing. Anybody, go back to verse 17. Anybody that is in a lukewarm state, this is how the... Master sees him. This is how heaven sees you. You are wretched, one. You are miserable, two. You are poor, three. You are blind, four. You are naked, five. Meanwhile, the person thinks he's on top of the world. He might even bring a word of prophecy. He might. And God help you, it comes to pass. He will say, didn't I tell you I'm on? But meanwhile, he's far 
from God. Oftentimes, some of these manifestations does not mean that God is pleased with the person. Don't forget when God told Moses, go and speak to the rock. What does Moses do? He struck the rock. God did not say because Moses struck the rock that he would not cause water to come. Water still came, but when Moses was gone into his privacy, God came and said, you did not honor me among them. So some of these physical signs you are seeing, you might even be seeing revelations and so on. Brother, sister, he does not mean that your heart is right with God. You are lukewarm, neither cold nor hot, and you know it. Verse 18, verse 18 quickly. He says, I counsel thee to avoid the impending judgment. He says, I advise you, I counsel you to buy of me gold, try in fire, that thou mayest be rich and white remnant, that thou mayest be clothed, that the shame of thy nakedness will not appear, and anoint thy eyes with eye salves, that thou mayest see. Go home, read this scripture in the Passion Translation. But verse 19, it says, As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. God is bringing this word to somebody here today because of love. He's rebuking you by this word. He's chastening you by this word so that your zeal can come alive again. He says, repent. Repent. Verse 20. Verse 20. He says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. Often we use this for unbelievers, but truly it was meant for believers. God wants a relationship with you. God is desirous of that intimacy. We talked about it in the morning. He's in desirous of intimacy. And beloved of God, he's there bringing the invitation. Bringing the invitation. What are you going to do about that invitation? He says, if any man hears my knock and opens the door, I will come in and share fellowship with him and he with me. The second reason why we talk about hunger for God and the need why we need to oftentimes remind ourselves of the need for our spiritual hunger is because we're in the last days. We're in the last days. And one of the signs of the last days is that men will be lovers of themselves. The love of many will wax cold. I read from Matthew 24, verse 12 to 13. Matthew 24, verse 12 to 13. Can you put it on screen, please? Okay? It says, there will be such an increase of the sin of lawlessness that those whose hearts once burned with passion, not that word, those whose hearts once burned with passion. There was a time you probably were very passionate about God, but are you still eager? When last did you pick up your Bible and say, today I'm going on an evangelism? Those things you used to do, when last did you do those things? When last did they even enter your heart? Or it is no longer matter. It's no longer important. The Bible says, those whose hearts were once burning with passion for God and others will grow cold. The love of many will wax old. Verse 13, it says, but hold your hope firmly to the end and you will experience life and deliverance. Those that hold on to the end, they're the ones that will be saved. In Luke 21, Luke 21, I'll read verse 34. And verse 36, hear what the master says here. He says, but take heed to yourself. Be careful. Remind yourself these things. Remind yourself this thing. That is probably why he's putting into my heart on this communion service even to remind us of these things. He says, take heed to yourselves. Be on your guard. 
lest your heart be overcharged. He says, lest your heart be overburdened and depressed, weighed down with giddiness and headache and nausea, self-indulgence, drunkenness and worldly worries, cares pertaining to this life. What are the aspects of this life? My business, my life, my health, my this, my that. These are the things that are occupying most people's mind today. Not the pleasure of God. Not what pleases God. Some are so, so convinced about their pursuits that they don't, when you talk about what is the will of God, they will tell you the will of God doesn't really matter. Oh boy, you sense in this matter. Hear what the Bible says here. Self-indulgence, a little pressure here and there, worldly worries and cares pertaining to the business of this life. And lest that day come upon you suddenly like a trap or a noose. Verse 36. It says, keep awake. The solution is to keep awake. Part of how to keep awake is by bringing this word to you. He says, keep awake then and watch at all times. You must be careful. He says, be discreet, be attentive, be ready. Praying that you may have the full strength and ability and be accounted worthy to escape all these things taken together that will take place and to stand in the presence of the Son of Man. Brethren, the days are evil. And the pressures of the times we're living in is such that men are becoming, are given to so much impunity. They will do things it doesn't matter. There is no fear of God. And the Christian that is being drawn away gradually, 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 before you know it, you find yourself in those things. In fact, in Romans chapter 1 verse 30, the Bible says not only those that do such things, but those that have pleasure in them that do it. Where do you get your entertainment from? You are not giving to you. You, you dress well, powerfully as a Christian. But when we look at your devices, when we look at what you do at home, what are those things that you watch at home? What are those things? Can it be displayed publicly for others to see? Ask yourself that question. Number three. Number three. Without spiritual hunger or thirst for God, we may live lives without realizing God's purposes for our lives. What a pity that when you, get, you suddenly get to heaven, you make it to heaven only to discover that God, there's a whole warehouse of things, works you would have done, accomplishment you would have got to the kingdom, but simply you were too concerned about the business of this life and you couldn't make it. I remember reading and hearing from the teachings of God's servant, the late Reverend E.A. Egan. He said he had been pastoring, and he was pastoring from to the best of his ability, serving God. Then one of those days, after about 12 years of pastoring, he had a vision, and Jesus came to him. Jesus said, get ready, this is your last pastorate. Now, when you leave this pastorate, don't accept any other pastorate. You are now going to enter into the first phase of your ministry. When he had that, he said, Jesus, you are saying first phase. The last 12 years, what have I been doing? Jesus says, you count yourself blessed. There are many that live and die without even entering into chapter one of what I wanted them to do on earth. Do you have a hunger for God? Hunger for God. 
Spiritual hunger is actually in your interest. Praise the Lord. I said here, it is possible for a person to live a whole life on earth without knowing what God has called him or her to do. This is why many have lived and died without even entering into God's plans for their life. For this to be, you must put the grace of God to work in your life. Look at how Apostle Paul described it. Philippians chapter 3, verse 10 to 4. He says that I may know him. This was his quest. This was his desire. And the power of his resurrection. And the fellowship of his suffering. Be made conformable unto his death. Paul was writing this after about 30 years or 33 years of ministry. He was writing this. He says, if by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead, not as though I have already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend that for which also I was apprehended of Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth for those things which are before. He said, I press towards the mark for the price of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. In Colossians chapter 4 verse 17, he said, Apostle Paul writing to that church, he said, and say to Archippus, Archippus was a young minister in the, in the church in Colossae. He said, take heed to the ministry which thou hast received in the Lord. Make sure you fulfill it. If you don't take it, if you don't live with a clear mind, Apostle Peter writing, he says, the end of all things at hand. Let us be sober. Let us be clear-minded so that we can pray. If you are not sober, if you are not clear-minded, you can never enter into the dimensions of what God has for you. The last point I want to mention this evening, why we should talk about spiritual hunger. I said, or if we are not reminded from time to time, we may sleep and try to prioritize our comfort over our relationship with God, over God's purpose for our lives. And this can result in our missing the hour and the time of his visitation. I'll read a scripture to us in the book of Songs of Solomon. This was my beloved. She was waiting for her beloved to come. While she was waiting, she got tired of waiting. She went to the bathroom, had her bath, changed her dress, wore her even dress, perfumed herself for the, bed, for the night, and lo and behold, see what happened. He said, I sleep, but my heart wicked. It is the voice of my beloved that knocketh, saying, open to me, my sister, my love, my dove, my undefiled, for my head is filled with dew, and my locks with the drops of the night. Verse 3, he says, I have put up, this was the... The Shunammite woman replying, he says, I have put up my coat. How shall I get up and put it on again? She was prioritizing her comfort here instead of the purpose for her call at that time. He says, I have washed my feet. How shall I defile them again? Verse 4. He says, my beloved put in his hand into the hole of the door. He was trying to open it. And my bowels were moved in me. When he saw that her beloved was persistently trying to open the door, See what happened. At that point, she rose. Only God knows the time between her getting up and her getting to the door. He says, I rose to open to my beloved, and my hands dropped with mare, and my fingers with sweet-smelling mare upon the handles of the rock. He says, I opened to my beloved, but my beloved had withdrawn himself and was gone. My soul failed when he spake. I sought him. 
but I could not find him. I called him, but he gave me no answer. Why? She had missed the time of her visitation because of her lukewarmness towards her beloved. I said she was in a state of repose. And for that moment, her comfort was more important than her relationship. The maiden got up later to open the door to her beloved, but he had already left. Her hesitancy had cost her his presence. Now, her heart was steered. She was wondering, what have I done? What have I done? How do I get out of this? She got up to look for him, but it was difficult. I said, comfort is no longer an issue. As she loses sleep and risks her safety to search out for the ones she loved. Beloved of God, the children of Israel, in Numbers chapter 14, they were in this state of lukewarmness. Such that by the time in, in the mentality of lukewarmness, the ten spies came and gave them an April report. Before they knew it, they said, we're not able to go. When God has said, get up and go, they lost sense of the purpose because of where they were. Where their hearts were. They were so content in that place, wishing that they had been left there. And when God left them, they went on their own to go and fight. And over 3,000 of them were killed in one night. Beloved of God, what are you doing? There are two points in the Bible that the Bible records that Jesus wept. One was at the tomb of Lazarus. The other one was when he was coming to face the purpose for which he came. The Bible says on one of the hills descending into Jerusalem, he looked at Jerusalem and he began to weep for Jerusalem. Why? He said, if only you have known the day of your visitation. What happened there? Jerusalem, they were in liturgy. They were too contented in themselves to want to seek the purpose of God for their lives than their comfort. And Jesus wept over them because of the destruction that was coming. Why? Because they did not know the time of their visitation. Lukewarmness is very expensive. You miss God's timing for your life. You miss the prompting of the spirit that I was talking about in the morning. The summons, they come up either you miss. Things that would have settled a matter in two years for you. That he had come to invite you in so that in two years you'll be strong enough to face it. Because you are given to too much pleasure, because you are given to too much repose, you missed it. And as a result of that, two years come and you are not ready for it. And you wonder, is there still balm in Gilead? There is balm in Gilead. The only thing is that when you should have begun to prepare for it, you were not ready for it. Beloved of God, I want you to stand where you are. Tonight we are coming before God by the communion table. I want you to talk to God. There are some prayers I want us to pray. Or let me, sit down please, sit down if you don't mind. Let me begin with this. If you are here, you don't know Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior. I would love to pray with us right now. You don't, bow your heads, bow your heads everybody. You say, Pastor, Pastor, I want to receive Jesus into my heart as my Lord and personal Savior. If you are there, Maybe you were even a child of God before. And for whatever reason, lukewarmness has stolen the love of God in your heart. And you have done things that you wonder what is happening to you. Beloved of God, you can still be reconciled back to him today. If we have such a person in the house, I'd love to pray for you right now. I'd love to pray with you. Or you are listening at home where you are. I'd love to pray with you. I'd love to pray with you. So if you are there, and you say, Pastor, pray with me. I want Jesus in my life. I want to be born again. I want to be reconciled back to God. Can you stand where you are? Can you stand? Let me pray with you. If you're in the house right now, can you stand? 
Can you stand? Let me pray with you. If you are watching from home, I want you to pray this prayer with me. Dear God, I thank you for sending Jesus to die for me. I believe in my heart that he died for my sins. I believe in my heart that he was raised for my justification. And I believe that he's seated at the right hand of God today. Lord, receive me today as your child. I confess him as Lord. In line with your word, receive me. In the name of Jesus. Beloved, I want you to search your heart where you are seated. If you pray that prayer, please call on the number on the screen. Somebody will be there to talk with you. And if you are in in-house, say Pastor Philip is calling you immediately after the service. Immediately after. He will talk to you and minister to you. Beloved, where you are, I want you to talk to God. What is the state of your heart? The prophet said there is no one that steers himself to seek God. Spiritual hunger is your steering. is your response to the beckoning of God. Are you interested in this God? Or you are interested in the fashion, in the lifestyle called Christianity? For you to speak the language of Zion, are you say, can you actually say that you are living the Christian life? Say God, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, touch my heart today. Touch my heart today, oh God. Steer my desires towards you. Steer my heart for your knowledge, oh God. Lord, as I take this communion today, let my prayer altar come alive. Let my word study come alive. Let my evangelism come alive. Those passions I used to have in you that are no longer being seen in my life. Almighty God, revive me today, oh God. Lord, I'm asking for a revival of my personal life. A revival of my prayer altar. Oh God, a revival of my fasting life. Fasting is not only in for January. Some of us since January fast, we have not taken time to fast again. We have not done anything. Even the January fast self, a good number of us were not even able to go through the process simply because of lack of discipline. Brethren, I want you to talk to God at this time. Say, God, steer my heart, oh God. Steer my heart to be hungry for you. As I take part in this communion table today, oh God, let the love of God be, be refreshed in my heart. Let the passion for God be refreshed in my heart. Let the desire for God be refreshed in my heart. The desire for evangelism be refreshed in my heart, oh God. Oh God, take me to a higher level of walk with you. Lord, ignite my passion today, oh God. Lord, ignite my passion today, oh God. Ignite my passion today, oh God. My passion for right living. My passion for the word of God. My passion, oh God, to know the will of God. Lord God Almighty, my passion to honor you in all things. Oh God, revive these things in my life today. Talk to God. Talk to God. Talk to God, brother. Talk to God. Talk to God. Talk to God. In Ephesians chapter 1, the popular prayer we often read, three elements stands out. Number one, the hope of our calling. Number two, the riches that are for us in Christ. Number three, 
the power of God. But what precedes it is that our eyes be flooded with light. How can your eyes be flooded with light when you don't have a passion for God? You are not interested in the things God is interested in. You are not interested in seeking God. You don't have a desire to know God. How will you call upon God to make those things real in your life? God will not give things that are precious. He says you don't cast precious pearls to swines. You don't do that. God wants you to come after him. God, like he told the Laodicean church, come buy of me. But you are not buying with money. You are buying from your heart. You are buying with a heart that is hot unto God. You are buying with a heart of love. You are buying with a heart that is passionate about God and passionate about the things of God. Lord, help me today, O God. Lord, touch me, O God, today. Lord, stir up the fire in me, the fire in my spirit. There is a fire I used to have in the place of prayer. Lord, I no longer see it. The fire I used to have, desirous of worshipping you in the company of your people. I no longer have the desire to stay in the company of God's people. Oh God, fire up my life. Oh God, fire up my life. My prayer altar, let it be fired. My study life, let it be fired, oh God. My time of fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Let me rediscover the joy of your presence again, oh God. It's not about money. It's not about comfort. It's not about running from pillar to post to make ends meet. Lord, it's all about you. Oh God, help me today, oh God. Lord, renew the right spirit within me to seek you, to search you. Lord, renew the passion for God in me. Renew, oh God, the desire to know God. The desire to live right. Others may do one thing or the other. Let me be able to say, because of my work with God, I will not do it. Let me live a life that is always thinking about heaven, thinking about the things that pertain to God, bearing the ark of the Lord in my heart. Holy Spirit, set my heart afire, O oh God. Set my heart afire, O oh God. Some of us, we see people, we are no longer concerned before you. They will be wondering, is this one born again? If he dies now, is he going to heaven? You are no longer thinking about that. Instead, you are thinking of the business that you are going to do with that person. Beloved of God, business is good. But most importantly, what is the kingdom business you are doing with that person? Somebody talk to God today. Very shortly, we are going to take the communion. Please begin to bring it. We are going to take the communion. Let God touch you. It was at the communion table on Amos Road that the heart of those two disciples came alive. Their passion came alive. Their eyes were open. Something happened to them that gave them strength and energy for them to go back to Jerusalem. Over seven kilometers journey, they went back that night because of an encounter they had with the Lord. You can have that same encounter today. You can have that same encounter today. Lord, set your fire in my heart today, oh God. Lord, set your fire in my heart today, oh God. Last month, he talked to us about instruction. This month, he's talking to us about steering ourselves to seek God. Don't you think that God is up to something? Don't you think that God is up to something? God is up to something. Brother, talk to God.
Sister, talk to God today. It is time for you to wake up. It is time for you to come alive. Before now, two nights, three nights will not pass without you having a reason to wake up to pray. Not because you have a need, no. But you know you should pray. And you begin to intercede for people. But today, there is no such passion in you. Ask God to touch you today. Ask the Lord to touch you. Let his fire, let the fire of God be rekindled in your spirit. Let the fire of God be rekindled in your spirit. Ask the Lord today, rekindle your fire in my spirit, oh God. Talk to God. Talk to God. Set my heart alive for you. Set my heart alive for you. Let me be hungry and thirst after righteousness. And serve you in all things, oh God. Let your interest become paramount in my life. Let your interest be the priority in me, oh God. No longer my own way. No longer money. No longer fame. No longer pleasure. But you and you alone, oh God. Let that be the priority in my heart today. Talk to God. Talk to God. Those of us that are involved in the service of the communion, please come forward. Brian, talk to God. Ask the Lord, set my heart afire. Set my heart afire, oh God. Set my heart afire. A fire for you. A fire for your interests. A fire for your kingdom. Oh, great God. Set my heart afire for you. Somebody should cry to God this evening. You can catch the fire on, at this communion table today that will never go out. And it can make a world of difference in your life.